What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. This fall, the Fantasy Sports Channel will make history all over again with even more live fantasy sports radio than anywhere on the planet. At least 12 hours of fantasy football, baseball, basketball, and hockey action each Monday through Friday. Plus more fantasy sports talk every Saturday and Sunday. More than 50 shows in all from the best fantasy sportscasters in the business. Try getting that on your radio dial. The Fantasy Sports Channel, only on Blog Talk Radio. It's a schedule you can bet on. We're two days away from the Super Bowl. We've got a lot to cover. Let's get right to it. and Michael Trent. Scott and Mike and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, wherever you may be. Thanks for making us part of your night. We've got a big show playing tonight. Mike, as always, I'm joined by my big blue co-host from Brandenburg, Kentucky, and enjoying one heck of a college basketball season, Michael Trent. What up, Scott? I'll tell you what, uh, it's going uh, it's going pretty good as far as uh, college basketball is concerned. But right now, this weekend, uh, I've heard a lot on Radio Row, listened to a lot of uh, different uh, analysts, things like that. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's going to be an exciting show. And I think that's what uh, we are prepared to see is a show between two offenses and two defenses that can uh, match each other, match wits, but the over and under is high for a reason. So that's why I say it's going to be a show. And we are going to talk about uh, the Indianapolis uh, New Orleans Saints Super Bowl. Uh, we're going to be talking about that later in the show. We've got the all I thought the that was Gunsmoke. Huh? I thought that was Gunsmoke. 
Uh, we've got all the player props we can possibly handle there. We have the prognosticator coming on tonight to join us and break down uh, his player props for the season. We've got uh, the new uh, website that's just launched, DynastyGuys.com. It looks like it's going to be the place to be for uh, Dynasty news and information. Uh, we're going to talk to Jeff Pasquino, the uh, site owner and operator of DynastyGuys.com. Uh, sounds like, Mike, that the FFPC is raising the bar once again and, and kicking off a new league this year, High Stakes Dynasty League. Uh, a $750 entry and a, and a $1,250 entry. We're going to talk about those here a little bit later coming up. And, Mike, I've been in this 80, uh, this, this Winter Survivor League that I draft in every year right, at, right after the NFC, AFC Conference Championship Games. And the ADP is already ticking for the draft next year, man. I can't wait to break those down for you. And then we've got a cool little segment coming up. It's going to be called Buy or Sell. Buy now or sell now. Uh, Mike, I'm going to give you some names of some uh, dynasty wide receivers this week. We're going to start with dynasty wide receivers. We're going to do Buy or Sell. A couple of obscure names here, uh, but I want to bring them up uh, for, for their accomplishments. So we've got a lot to get to. Cool. Mike, let's go ahead and get started. I haven't talked to you about this yet, but Mike Marsh to Chicago. What do you think about that move? Makes little difference in my opinion. Uh, it, it really doesn't. Mike Marsh is an offensive mastermind, but uh, until they change things in Chicago as far as uh, Lovey Smith, uh, it's going to be the same Chicago deal. Um, I, I just I, – I really cannot see Mike Martz making that big of a difference uh, in their offensive scheme of things. Uh, the trade, Cutler, and everything, uh, <laughs> let's face it, it was a bad trade, and they knew it from the beginning. Uh, it was just one of those things. But uh, to get Mike Martz to come in and fix the situation, he needs more than a quarterback to fix it, to, you know, to fix it all. Oh, man, well, I uh... – I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on this, but I wholeheartedly disagree with you, Mike Trent, as always. I love it. I love it. I love All it. All right. Mike, Jay Cutler, quarterback 12 in the stats uh, last year, is not a disappointment, uh, especially for all for those. Uh, obviously, it was late in the season, but you saw what he did the last couple weeks of the year uh, against Minnesota, 20 for 35 and four touchdowns, and then again at Detroit, 22 for 36 and four touchdowns. The kid put up. Some monster games right at the end of the year. Things really started to click with 10 touchdowns in the last four games. And, uh, you know, the offensive line, if you watch those games, of course I had to because I had Devin Hester uh, on several of my leagues this year. <laughs> the offensive line gave Jay Cutler absolutely no time to throw the ball. The poor kid, every time he got back there, they were, they were, they were harassing him and attacking him. And then, what, you're going to give him those receivers and expect him to have a bigger year than – 3,600 yards and 27 touchdowns? Mike, he did that one. Devin Hester. Scott, that is so funny because we didn't uh, preempt or talk about this uh, uh, scenario, but uh, there is no way, there is no way that Mike March is, first off, going to fix an offensive line. That can't be done right away. That takes time. That takes a lot of, uh, that that takes two, two or three drafts. You got to fix that line in two or three drafts and, and some trades. That team is in trouble, really bad. And I don't see I don't see where where Mike March is going to make a difference on other than his name. They get Mike March in, okay? Whoop de doo. He's going to make a big difference. Uh, not in this situation. 
Well, we're gonna we're gonna talk about that. I tell you what, I want to go ahead and start. Uh, first of all, three four seven three two four four zero four. We're talking Super Bowl all night long. If you have a prediction for the game, give us a call, ring us up. We'll put your name down, and you predict the score of the game of of, the, of course the Super Bowl uh, coming up on this Sunday. You give us the winner. You give us the score. Break it down. We know you're in the Super Bowl squares contest. We know you're rooting for some action there, Mike. I've got some action on the on the Super Bowl squares. I'm rooting for New Orleans. Seven with the final score of ending in a seven, and Indianapolis ending in a four. I like those numbers. So my prediction for the score uh, just happens to be Indianapolis 34. Uh, well, I can't tell you. Can't tell you the rest of that, but we will We will talk about the <laughs> Super Bowl at the end of the show. Uh, we will well, Scott, uh, we'll be giving our prediction. Yeah, I'm, I, you know, you got to love the squares this time. Uh, you know, it's Friday night. Uh, if you haven't Got on any square at all? If you're listening, uh, get on get on local square. Or do something because it's so much fun. Uh, and your numbers, uh, the first couple of numbers you ran across me earlier today were terrible, but those uh, the four and seven you can't go wrong. What I'm looking for as as far as fantasy football is can Peyton Manning outscore Reggie Wayne by 15 points? That's what I need, and the one from each league. In uh, fantasy football, I hear you. I hear you. I've all, we've we've got some ways to cash, and those uh, contests are uh, going to come down to the wire this year. You know, speaking of the contests, the FFPC had their playoff contest this year, and I'll tell you what, I was a lot, I was pretty, I was a little afraid, okay, about having the duplicity, the uh, the common teams, because all you have to do is pick one from each team, leave a couple of teams off, and and I was afraid that we were going to have some duplicate rosters, but Mike. I think this year, more than ever, we had more unique rosters than we ever had before. It looks like a very even contest. So many teams still have a chance to win. I've got Colston and Peyton as my final two guys going up, and there's only one other guy that has those final two. So I'm I'm, rooting, uh, I'm shooting for second, but second's still a nice prize yeah. in that FFPC contest. So don't count me out. Colston could have a big day in that in that Super Bowl. So, Mike, let's yeah, you're, you're going to be rooting for a lot of things there, but uh, you're definitely going to be rooting for uh, Marquez Colston to get all the kisses. I am, I am. Let's let's stick with the Chicago story uh, again. The number is three four seven three two four five four zero four. Call us up, give us your prediction. We're streaming live on uh, thefantasysportschannel.com, fsc.fm, uh, fsc.com. We're we're streaming live. Uh, we'll be here all night long for, uh, until midnight. And uh, we, we just want to hear from you. We've got the crew at the Red vs. Blue chat room. Uh, Dave, Alex, Chad, several guys in the chat room uh, breaking down uh, some of the some of the news going on in the um, world of high-stakes fantasy football. We've got five minutes before our, our guest from DynastyGuys.com comes on and joins us. But, Mike, I want to talk about Chicago. Now, listen to this. Listen to this. Listen to these numbers. Uh, five for 46 and two touchdowns. Seven for 150 and a touchdown. Eight for 76 and a touchdown. You know who that is? Who might that Aroma Shadu. Aroma Shadu. Three of his yeah. last four games. This kid puts up 18 catches, over 260 yards, and four touchdowns. Mike, is this kid for real? Is he a buy or a sell? Uh, he's a buy. No doubt. No doubt. He's a buy. I tried to uh, I tried to pick him up, uh, you know, a couple weeks after he kind of made his entrance, and uh, you know I was a little too late to do that, and uh, I was like, well, maybe it was a good thing. And then 
a week later, I was like, Dag Gummit, I should have got him. I should have got him. Yeah. I mean, he is that good. He's a buy. I mean, who else is going to catch it? Right. You've got uh, Devin Hester, Greg Olson, and obviously anybody they, they pick up in free agency or the draft. But it, it's interesting because, you know, he was a former Indianapolis Colt. I know a lot of folks don't know that except for maybe Colts fans. But uh, he was an Indianapolis Colt. And Reggie Wayne uh, said several things about him this offseason or, you know, since um, the playoffs started. He, they, he said Aroma Sadu has always had the talent. He was waiting for him to put it together. And, He's excited about this kid's future, and so am I in a couple of leagues where I am. Yeah, he so, should be. I mean, Absolutely. three of the last four I mean, games, that gives Cutler a nice little weapon, and he was, and he was scoring, too, four touchdowns in three of, three of the last four games. Yeah, that, that, that's going to give him, uh, you know, if they can connect together. It's all about connection when you're a, a quarterback wide receiver. You know, when you connect, there's nothing that will get in your way. They will be able to get it done, and uh, – he he showed me a lot in that second half of the season. All right, so Devin Aroma should do is a buy for both of us. I'm yeah. going to give you another name here, Mike. Uh, Sidney Rice. His his catch totals the last four weeks of the season unbelievable. Six for 56 and a touchdown. Six for 112 and two. Six for 141 and three. Four for 43 and a touchdown in that final game. Last four games, Mike, 22 catches, 352 yards. In seven touchdowns, Sidney Rice, buy or sell? Sell. Sell. Get rid of him. Uh, Brett Favre, I don't think, will come back. Uh, even if he does, I don't think they're going to be the same way. They want it. The whole idea for uh, Childress and the whole bunch was to get to the Super Bowl. They did not make it. So, and it, it, it's – with – with this whole situation going on, I, I just I, I think Brett Favre is done, and whether he's done or not done, I don't see Sidney Rice having the same year he had this year. I would sell Sidney Rice. Sidney Rice is definitely one of those players that that qualifies Mike for one of those sell high players. Um, you, you don't have a lot of uh, chances and an you opportunity to sell higher than what he could possibly be right now. I'm telling you, I, I, I think Sidney Rice has got to be, as far as dynasty prospects, one of the the very, very top wide receiver uh, prospects. But you do have the question of Brett Favre. Will he come back? Will he decide? When does he come back? Does he come back in August? Does he come back in September? You know, is he going to leave you hanging all year long? Yeah. And then when he decides to pull, Rice's value goes down quite a few notches, and you have to prove it with whatever quarterback comes in that way in the game. It, it's a scary situation right now. I think you still get the value for Sidney Rice being, you know, what he did last year. And I think this is the time to sell, Mike. I agree with you. Dynasty-wise, you get a lot of value. You can get draft picks, another wide receiver, maybe a running back. You could probably get like a Moreno right now, something very high for a Sidney Rice in a PPR league. So uh, I agree with you, Mike. Here's another uh, Here's another name, a little-known name. He's been around the league a lot. Um, but he's in a very good situation now. Mike? 14 catches, 213 yards, the last game of the season. The game before that, seven catches, 69 yards, and two touchdowns. Who am I? Man, you sound like Ray Rice. That's a lot of catches. 21 catches and 280 yards and two touchdowns in the last two games. His name is Jabbar Gaffney. Denver, obviously thinking about Brandon Marshall maybe leaving. 
Eddie Royal, you don't know what's going to happen there. What do you think, Jabbar Gaffney, buy or sell? Oh, boy, that's a tough one. <laughs> that's a tough one. I mean, I, I had a definite opinion on the first two. Uh, Gaffney, um, I would buy at a very low level, very low level. Well, anytime you have um, uh, the number one wide receiver in an offense, uh, like what Denver puts out on the field, uh, you've got to be kind of excited about that if you are an owner. Uh, again, though, 14 catches for 213. He's definitely somebody that's just getting the ball. The week before that, he showed it. Uh, he, he's somebody that I would buy as well. I think I think I think Gaffney is, a, is an answer there. I think they're going to address wide receiver in the draft. We'll see if Mel Kuyper is right about that prediction, and we'll talk about that player here in a minute as well. Mike, Julian Edelman, his last game, you saw him uh, at, against Baltimore, 6 for 44 and two touchdowns. And who knows about Wes Welker being injured with that with that knee. Will he come back at all first half of the season? Will he come back in the second half? Will Edelman kind of have that spot in trench? Edelman, buy or sell? Uh, Edelman's a buy, and the reason I say that is because I'm a believer in systems, and I played back a show way back in uh, the latter part of August when we talked when we drafted Julian Edelman in the uh NFFPC and uh you know we were kind of getting you know kind of getting razzed about it and it's all about systems um Edelman will work under Belichick if Belichick is not there Edelman will not work so I'm uh I, I'll say bye Edelman right now. Edelman is one of those that I owned several leagues last year. You kind of own him. You kind of drop him. You kind of pick him up if he's still out there. Then you kind of drop him. You're wondering, man, is this guy going to do something? And then all of a sudden, you know, because all the camp news before that, you know, the season started was he's the next Wes Welker. He looks great out there. He's fitting into the system just fine. But you're wondering how many balls are, the, you know, to go around for that type of wide receiver. And then all well, of a sudden, how long is Randy Moss going to last? I mean, Randy Moss looked. I mean, he looked great last year, but let's face it: how long is he going to last? Right, and, and wouldn't that be something to see Brady out there with two Wes Welker clones, one on each side? Man, they exactly. Really, really move the chains in an offense like that. <laughs> let's let's go to the last player here, Mike. And, and what I did was I handpicked some guys that had big Week 17s. Another big Week 17 is Malcolm Floyd in San Diego. Nine catches, 140 yards. If you're a Malcolm Floyd owner, are you buying or are you selling? Well, I'm a I'm a Malcolm Floyd Malcolm Floyd owner. Uh, I'm uh, I'm gonna stand pat. I'm gonna I'm gonna buy him. Uh, the, you know, LT he's done. Uh, they pretty much parted ways with San Diego, according to reports anyway, allegedly. Uh, so. You know that just frees him up and frees uh, Vincent Jackson up. So you've got you've got a wide receiver core right there. That uh, I mean they're, they're going to be dangerous. They're going to be really dangerous. Uh, so I I got to buy Malcolm Floyd. A buy on Malcolm Floyd. You know the the one thing that I love about Malcolm Floyd is Philip Rivers. <laughs> you get one of the best quarterbacks in the league today. And, and, hey, if, if this injection goes down and Gates is getting up there in age, there's this, Floyd has been showing what he can do, and there's no real reason for the Chargers to address a wide receiver in the draft 
when you've got a guy like Malcolm Floyd playing so well. I think Malcolm Floyd is a definite buy. I think you hold him if you already own him and, and, and ride this guy out. Now, unless I got a really sweet deal, I'm holding for Malcolm Floyd. Well, Mike, this is a, this is a good opportunity for us to go ahead and call in. Um, it looks like we have him ready to go. Jeff Pasquino from DynastyGuys.com. Let's get Jeff on the air real quick. Jeff, are you with us? Hey, Scott. How are you doing? Good. Good to hear from you. Thanks for joining us tonight. Sure thing, Thanks guys. a lot, Jeff. Hey, Jeff, I uh, appreciate it. Dynasty, guys, that's awesome, man. We're loving it. Yeah, I saw you guys nosing around. Uh, we got a little sneak preview this week for a couple couple of choice friends of uh, football guys and Dynasty guys as we uh, you know work out the last few kinks before we open our doors. Yeah, it's kind of nice. If, and for those, uh, those of you listening on the air, uh, DynastyGuys.com, one of the new sites, is getting ready to launch. It's been opened, and it's open by invitation only right now to get a sneak peek, kind of a cool concept. And I've obviously got my thoughts on it. I love the social networking feel to it. Everybody loves that. But talk about the reasons for the site, what you have planned, and what this is all about. Well, as a, a lot of us write for football guys, uh, we – we see the need for Dynasty in a growing area, and a lot of people want to talk about it, but the issue is that, like most sites, most of your traffic comes from the redraft uh, people. I mean, most people play redraft, that's how, and then they some people go on and move on to the more challenging Dynasty leagues. At least that's our opinion of them. Uh, anyway, w- once the season ends around the Super Bowl time, the traffic really drops down. Not many people are there, so there's not a whole lot of conversational, not a whole lot of people that are still lingering around the site. Some of us do, but not many. But there's really not a home base for Dynasty Leagues. And the sites that are open at this time and really adding new content are focused mostly on the NFL draft. So you've got this gap in coverage where you you go from redraft, the entire league, everybody's playing up until December, and the NFL playoffs hit, traffic drops down, and all the draft nicks start to come out of the woodwork. And I like it too, but I'm not that big into it as well because it's only a portion of what Dynasty Leaks are all about. You know, it, there's free agency, there's trades, there's, you know, new contracts, all these different veteran players that are moving around the league, coaches are moving, all these things are happening. Not many people are talking about it. So there's these sites that aren't really addressing the Dynasty community very much, and that's what we wanted to address. Well, you guys have got a, a nice head start on that. The site looks great. The interface is very friendly. The login works perfect, and, and I like the, the social networking feel. That that gives it a real personalization. I, I like that component. Um, Jeff, you've been a writer for football, guys. The rankings are up on the site. Can we talk about that? Look, we just got to cut right to the chase. This is a high-stakes show, but we're getting into some high-stakes. Dynasty League is going to be important for us to break down rankings and rookies. And I noticed you already have the rankings up on the site, so I want to get right to those and what we see. That, and we're not going to reveal too much tonight, but but I want to get to what we see and what what's kind of standing out to us at this point. Sure, that's fine. Let's, they go ahead and delve right into it, and I can explain a little bit what we're doing over there. Okay. First, I see that just jumps out at me like a big red siren. Kevin Kolb at number seventeen, quarterback overall over the likes of Carson Palmer and some other names. Talk about Kevin Kolb and why you guys have him so high. Well, let's, let's understand the time frame we're looking at because Dynasty Dynasty guys is looking at a four-year scale. All of our offensive players are, are judged talent and opportunity. 
because the debate rages on, do you draft for talent or do you draft for opportunity? The real answer is somewhere in between. So we give you the, the best of both worlds. We give you scores for each player's talent and also their opportunity. And not only do we give you the scores, but we give you what the numbers mean. We give you tiers of numbers, like 90 to 100 is a Hall of Fame type score. You know, an 80 to 90 is a solid quarterback one, that kind of thing. So you know, looking at the numbers, oh, that's their opinion of that guy. And we take all those numbers and roll them into, you know, do some math behind the scenes and give you a score on a scale of zero to 1,000. And then we can use those numbers in some of our trade analysis later on. So we're trying to quantify our opinions of guys, putting in, sticking a number on it, and then rolling it all up. So for a guy like Cobb, we've got him as, a, as an 80 right now. So at least that's my viewpoint on him. We're going to add some other people doing some uh, evaluations as well. But I got a talent score of 80, which means that he's kind of a borderline QB1. He could be a good starter if he's in the right spot. And his opportunity is rolling up, you know, kind of being that um, QB1 potential very soon. And I think personally from what I'm hearing behind the scenes, I think that he's going to wind up in Cleveland in March and be named the starter for the Browns for next year. Whoa. That would be big news. That is. He's got a tie there with the general manager moving over there. For, um, the name escapes me. I'm sorry, but they just he just moved over from Philadelphia and he's now in in, uh, in in Cleveland. And they just love Cobb, and they're already talking about potentially moving, making that deal as soon as they can. Well, Jeff, uh, you know that's awesome news. And uh, one thing that I want to touch on real quick is if I have a uh, new owner, a prospective owner that wants to get into the world of dynasty football, and he buys a team and he gets these players, what are those players' values worth? So what I'm trying to say is if he has a player, can he post on on your page and uh, on the page, I want to get rid of so-and-so, what is he worth? And what kind of interaction do you think uh, the interaction amongst the uh, dynasty fantasy football people would be uh, good and uh, respectable? I think you will certainly have those forums to ask those sorts of questions, and the forums are a little bit more kind of a Facebook social network kind of feel to them as that people will discover. But um, with our ranking system, you can really look up your player and see what our opinions are based on our numbers not just say, okay, this guy's an 80. Well, what does that mean? I mean, does it, what it, you know, that's when you look up, you know, look in our Getting Started article, and it says, you know, behind the numbers, and it tells you what the numbers all mean. So it kind of gives you an idea, oh, that means that they rank, you know, 80 means he's a QB2, or he's, you know, got the potential to be a quarterback one in the right spot. So you kind of get a gauge from that. And then if you look at one of our other uh-huh. tools and resources we have, we have a trade calculator, which you could plug in the value, the dynasty value you get from the rankings, you can plug it into the little calculator, and you can start playing with, you know, if I, okay, this guy's an 800 on a 1,000 scale. What if I went out and got a 750 and a 700? Is that comparable value? And it'll tell you. It'll tell you if it's, you know, that's a good trade or cool. not. Or if you get a first-rounder and, a, and, you know, like a oh, wide receiver three, does that work too? But, you know, just like any calculator, it's only as good as the numbers behind it, and it's only a gauge. It's not uh, right. saying go get that guy. It's just giving you yeah. a few yeah. for you know what you want to do. Okay, well, uh, you know that's a good gauge for uh, for those that uh, 
you know, obviously a lot of us uh, that are listening, uh, that are participating right now, we are uh, dynasty football players. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of others that aren't that uh, may be wanting to check in. And uh, so that's, that's good insight, and uh, I'll, be, uh, I'll be sure to pass that along, Jeff. Well, Mike will be passing his, his questions on the chat room uh, on, on your message board. Uh, let, let's get right to the running backs, Jeff. Uh, I noticed Ray Rice, he had number one. He was obviously an explosive player this year. Uh, it's kind of a muddy, muddy situation with so many backs in the picture, but he's still a dominant uh, dual threat weapon, catching the ball and, and, and rushing. Uh, why do you have Ray Rice number one over the likes of somebody like Adrian Peterson and Maurice Jones-Drew? Well, I have four guys ranked over 950, which is where I call the elite line. So it's Ray Rice, Maurice Jones, Drew, Adrian Peters, and Chris Johnson. Those are the four names you're going to see the top of most redraft fours next year anyway, so there's no secret there. But I think all four of those guys, this really comes down to personal preference. But every one of those guys has got great talent, elite talent, elite uh, uh, performance, great opportunity. But I think Ray Rice and Maurice Jones, Drew, have the opportunity to dominate their backfields and not have a whole lot of you know, carries taken away from them. I think that Tennessee, they might start, you know, working Vince Young a little bit more, running a little bit of option, you know, getting a second back in there, maybe get a, a ringer that comes in there and steps up to be the number two back. I think they might want to temper back Chris Johnson's touches a little bit, which might keep him just a hair below like, like the likes of Ray Rice. Well, you are really splitting hairs there. If you have that type of a pick, you can't really go wrong. I think you're going to be safe either way, but it is – it is kind of nice to see the, the the understand the differences behind those elite players. You've got Jamal Charles at number six, and some would say, "Hey, I haven't seen enough from Jamal Charles." You know, when we've seen good good games put together before by Nick Goings and you know quick little backs before, and but Jamal Charles brings a little bit of everything to the table. And the kid is so fast. Talk to us about Jamal Charles at number six. That's the highest I've seen him. Well, it, he's number six in the PPR score because we have both scores. We have PPR and non-PPR. If you look at the non-PPR, he's actually 15th. So I think a lot of the kick there comes from his PPR talent. He's great on the backfield and in open space. Um, I don't have him as quite a great an opportunity score because I think they're going to bring another guy in there to, to bust it between the tackles a little bit more. But I think for right now, they like him to get him in the screen game and a little bit of uh, off-tackle around the end. Reggie Bush at number 10, Sean Green at 11. Those are exciting picks. I noticed two controversial picks, and I'll let you pick which one you want to talk about. At running back, Beanie Wells at 32, way too low for this kid. And then Donnie Avery at 16 at wide receivers, ahead of Dwayne Bow, Roddy White, and Holmes. What do you want to talk about there? Take, them, take either one. Wow. Uh, Avery, I think, is just great opportunity. I think he's the number one guy, and he's performed with terrible quarterbacks. So I think he's a great guy there. So I, I don't have a problem putting him in the top 20. I don't think he's quite you know, elite elite, but I think he deserves to be in that conversation. And uh, Beanie Wells, I'm just not convinced that they're going to give up on Hightower. Mike, you hear that news about Hightower? That's your boy, right? Yeah, the, you know, that's my boy. Uh, I, I don't think they're going to because uh, – he has uh, so much versatility coming out of the backfield and, uh, you know, catching passes. Uh, Beanie Wells, I don't know if he can do that as much. So, uh, you know, Tim Hightower, you know, he, he, he sounds like he could be a, a definite second and long, third and long uh, back that uh, they're going to use. 
especially with Warner being gone. (laughs) I agree, Mike. And we've got him. I got him at number eleven in in non PPR. So it's a big it's a big swing on Wells because he's he hasn't shown that uh, predilection to catch the ball out of the backfield. So I think he's a borderline running back one if you're you know not talking about catching the ball. Yeah, well, Jeff, we're we're excited. Uh, Vernon Davis at number six, a little low for my taste. I think he's probably the most elite uh, tight end talent that we have in the league right now. Uh, but you do have Antonio Gates and the regulars, Dallas Clark. Uh, how many years do you see left for Dallas Clark? You're looking at a four-year window, but you've got him number two. Well, um, I, well we also list on the, right on our rankings what his age is as of September 1st, so you can get a feel for that. He's only 31. So I don't think he's, he's one year old, older than Antonio Gates, and no one's really balking at his age right now. So I think That's Peyton Manning's going to last forever, and so I think Dallas Clark is going to be right there with him. Very exciting stuff, Jeff. The rankings are up. The uh, Like you said, the age is up there. The scoring, uh, it's very user-friendly. Uh, we're really excited about the site. We can't wait for the launch to really get in there in the offseason and have a place to call home. Uh, we're, we're proud of you and what you're doing there at DynastyGuys.com, Jeff. We look forward to having you on the show all season long. Stop back and see us and, and, as, the, as the site develops. Thanks, guys. Pleasure being on Red and Blue. All, all right. right. Thanks, Jeff. Jeff. Red and Blue, everybody. That's right. From DynastyGuys.com, we appreciate him coming on. Mike, the coolest part about Dynasty Leagues uh, is that off-season interaction. All year round, we're, we're breaking down stack. We're looking at rankings, rookies, getting ready for the NFL draft. The season never stops for us. And the FFPC has definitely kicked it up a notch for us. Um, they've got a, a new contest that we're so excited about, the FFPC Dynasty yeah. League. Uh, two of them, they popped off here. $750 entry fee and a $1,250. We're going to talk about the $750 entry fee for a second, Mike. Let me just give you the, the particulars here. Um, they have a 24-hour timer once the draft starts. It'll start right after the NFL draft, right when we're in our frenzy. It'll be 12 teams, three divisions. You have a 13-week regular season. You'll have a three-week playoff. Sounds very familiar, right? 20-man roster, mm-hmm. FFPC scoring, so you get the dual flex. You get the one-and-a-half points for receptions for tight end. Okay, look, everything sounds perfect. Victory points. Victory points for all of you folks that don't know about that. That's a way of balancing the head-to-head and the scoring. Some people, don't, some people like to play in head-to-head leagues. Other people like total points leagues. Victory points is a perfect blend of both every week. Your score is looked at with everybody else, and you get victory points. If you're in the top four scores, you get two points. If you're in the middle four scores, you get one point. And if you're in the bottom four scores, you get zero points. And then you're also facing up against somebody head-to-head every week. If you win, you get another two victory points. So there's four victory points on the line every single week. And victory points is just a nice way to keep everything fair and keep it even keel all throughout the year. Uh, It's a very cool system. I encourage you to look into victory points. So that's another plus right there. The other cool part, Mike, is this. Uh, you have to put it out a $250 deposit because we're talking about a lot of money here. If you anybody that knows about Dynasty, is you're, you're worried about teams possibly, you know, bailing on you. Well, you got to add an additional 250. So if you're playing in a $750 league, you put in a $250 deposit. Kind of keeps the uh, competitive balance there. If, if the team gets out of whack, they've got they're invested a little bit here too. So they're not just going right, to stay in right. their team. And if they do, I'm sure we can find an owner uh, in, in an FFPC Dynasty yep. league. You'll, they'll, they'll keep no them doubt. very rare. And I'm sure they'll keep them very elite and select, and people will be wanting to join these leagues. Um, you get $200 of blind bidding dollars to use throughout the season. Trades are allowed. A high-stakes league where you, where you can trade, Mike. Okay, 
There could be collusion. Yeah. Well, you know what? FFPC, these these are competitors. Uh, we're everybody here knows everybody, and we we want the goal. We want to win. I don't think collusion will be an issue. They will have an advisory board. They will look at trades if the league deems it necessary. I don't think that'll be a problem at all. The best part about these leagues, Mike, eighty seven percent payoff. So if you enter That's with seven fifty, yeah, if you enter with seven fifty, uh, the top prize in the league is four thousand dollars. There's also another prize. Uh, I think 750 for the number one seed, so you automatically get your money back for being the number one seed, which is nice to hit, nice to hear. There's also a top prize for top scoring team. I think it's like 300 bucks. And then let's see, second place is 1500, third place is 750. They're even paying out 500 bucks back to fourth place. So, nice, Mike, nice. you heard about the dynasty league here, FFPC. Give me your feedback. Yeah, it's it sounds awesome, man. Uh, you know, it, it's a big step for them to take because there's others that they haven't taken that step. Uh, you know, when I saw when I saw about it, I was like, wow, what a step to take. And, uh, you know, it, it's just going to draw interest. It's going to draw interest from uh, myself uh, and others uh, that are in high-stakes uh, fantasy football. You're going to have fun with it. You're going to have fun with it. And what do you do? I mean, you're going to want to be involved with it because it's a first-class operation, uh, especially with uh, Dave, Alex, Chris. I mean, all three of them, I mean, they make sure that it's done first-class. So, I, you know, I'm kind of anxious, and uh, I'm anxious to be a part of it and uh, get my friends a part of it, too. Well, uh, Dynasty Leagues are very cool. It obviously gives you the uh, – Anybody that knows anything about Dynasty is when you step down and you get into a draft in Dynasty, you better take the younger player first. If you're debating, if you're thinking about it, take the younger guy. The last thing you want is to take a guy like last year. You're looking in the draft, you're like, man, I need somebody to score some points for me. I better take Clinton Portis. And then all of a sudden you have a washed-up Clinton Portis that you can't get rid of. Nobody wants anything to do with him. And all along you could have had a Jamal Charles instead, but you were thinking, man, no way, no, i got to have a line, somebody in my lineup that's going to put up more points this year. I can't just go out like that. And sure enough, Charles does not only puts up more points this year, but look what you've got in the future. You've got a yeah, top yeah. elite back. You know, you know, you know that's funny, about. Scott, because uh, in a couple of local leagues, I'm like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of confused here because I'm thinking for the future about my dynasty leagues. And we all are. Um, that's that's one of the things that uh, when when you're drafting in dynasty, you're looking at the young guys. And if do you have the guts to take a young guy when you could take somebody else? Let me give you an example, Mike. I'm in these drafts right now, these winter survivor leagues, and the the ADP is just insane right now. Okay, these are not dynasty leagues; these are just redraft leagues. And, and a couple of things that stood out to me: um, D'Angelo Williams was the 13th running back off the board after Jonathan Stewart mind you, after wow. Sean Moreno and Jamal Charles, after Rashard Mendenhall. These are guys all drafted before D'Angelo Williams. So very interesting to see where he's going. Another player I was interested in is Jerome Harrison. He went at running back 17. No telling if he's the real deal or not, but it's interesting to see these young guys getting drafted way up there for these redraft leagues. Uh, a couple of other interesting names, Mike, and I'll let you comment on them. Um, what I saw was uh, J- Jacobs was drafted at like running back 38 behind the likes of 
rookie, C.J. Spiller, Kevin Smith on off of IR, Jonathan Dwyer, a rookie, Darren Sproles, Donald Brown. Uh, I mean, come on. That's all the way down to RB40. Yeah. There's not a lot of faith in the market right now for Brandon Jacobs. No, Brandon Jacobs, uh, I mean, there, there wasn't much uh, opportunity for him, but uh, he he has uh, definite uh, fantasy value, in my, in my opinion. Well, at running back 40, that is value. I mean, last year you had to pay a second-round price for the guy, yep. and now all of a sudden he's back to running back 40. Uh, I mean, let's just face it, he didn't look good this year. He averaged 3.7 yards a carry. Uh, probably Bradshaw is probably going to be the guy there. With Jacobs only scoring five touchdowns, you rely on short yardage touchdowns, and it looked like the offense kind of kind of figured things out. Eli Manning is is taking over that team. It's Eli's team now, and they're a passing team. They they didn't run the ball that well this year, and and you would think they're going to get back to that if they if they want to have some sort form of success. But uh, this well, year, no. yeah, no, it's 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 not Eli's team. Uh, it's Tom Coughlin's team still. I mean, he's not going to let that let that get away. Uh, I don't see you. Eli Manning is a great quarterback, but uh, I, I I do not see Eli Manning being the total Peyton Manning type deal. I mean, I, I, I just don't see it, Scott. I, there's no way. Well, we've got uh, the prognosticator coming on with us in about five minutes, and he'll tell us he's the – biggest Giants fan I know, we'll ask him pointedly, Eli's team or Coughlin's team, because from what I saw, Eli was pretty much assuming control of that team. It's his offense. Look, there were plenty of opportunities. First and goal from the two-yard line, Eli drops back to pass and gets a touchdown to Knicks or, or Steve Smith or, you know, one of the countless receivers they've got on that squad. It was something else. I was, I was, I was a Jacobs owner, so I was intently watching, you know, and they would give him maybe sure. one crack at it, and if he didn't get it, they'd go right into it. So, uh, it go right to Eli's hand. It seems like the change in the guard took place. Mike, I want to I want to bring up since we're talking about dynasty right now, um, there is a kid, uh, a rookie. We're going to bring up one rookie. We're going to try to incorporate a little bit of rookie talk as we go on throughout the season. I know Super Bowl's coming up. We're going to we're going to get to that in just a minute. But Des Bryant from Oklahoma State is the hot name coming out of dynasty leagues. He's probably going to be the consensus number one pick. All throughout your dynasty leagues, you're probably going to see Des Bryant being the number one pick. And I, and I want to, for, for those of you that haven't went to and Googled Des Bryant and looked at his game stats or saw him in action, he's a bad boy. There's not a better player in the, the national uh, in the National Football League coming into the rookie draft here. Six two fifteen. Uh, Mike, I want to I want to read off these game logs for a second just to kind of give you a feel for what we're talking about. And, cool. and, and it'll be over in just a minute here. In two thousand, obviously, if you don't know the story about Des Bryant, he had that 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 uh, get together with Deion Sanders, and for whatever reason, the NFL or or the NCAA said, "No, you can't. You lied to us. You didn't tell us the full truth," and they suspended him for the rest of the season after week two uh, in the NCAA, or week two or week three, something like that. And so he didn't get to finish his senior year, or his junior year. But in two thousand and eight, let me let me tell you what he did. And it, okay, he he plays for Oklahoma State, so that's a big conference, right, Mike? Big 12, yep. big conference in, in, in the in NCAAs. Well, they played a couple of games here. Houston, 9 for 236 and 3, okay? Against Troy, 6 for 118 and 3, okay? Uh, obviously, anybody can put up big games against those types of schools, but still, big games nonetheless. Texas A&M, 5 for 106 and 3. 
Baylor, 11 for 212 and 2. This is all in 2008. Iowa State, 9 for 171 and 4. <laughs> Oklahoma, oh. 6 for 91 and 2. Okay? And then he gets, uh, Oklahoma State does get a bowl game. They go to the Holiday Bowl versus Oregon, 13 for 167 and 1. Mike, <laughs> okay, so he's going into his junior year as, as just a dominant player. Fluid, big, fast, not super fast, but definitely has speed. In 09, he starts off his first two games, 9 for 161 and 2 against Rice, and against Georgia, 3 for 77 and 2. Mike, Des Bryant, who's going to have the guts to, to go after this number one pick here and maybe have themselves uh, a Dwayne Bow and Quan Bolden hybrid player? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you've got a stud wide receiver right there, in my opinion. Uh, it just depends on. Uh, what team and what uh, situation he's going to be in. Uh, it, you know, if, if the Bengals decide to draft him, it could be ugly. If uh, New England or San Diego or somebody like that, or Dallas, Dallas Cowboys, that'd be a perfect fit. Uh, no, he'll never make him, it that far. He'll never make it that far. That's too far down in the draft. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know because it's all about the uh, offensive lineman, defensive lineman. So uh, he may make it down that far, Scott. Yeah, my my bet is on uh, you know Kuiper's putting him to Denver, and I think that makes a lot of sense. I think that makes a lot of sense in Denver, but you know who knows? He could end up with well, they got they got to replace Brandon Marshall, and where does Brandon Marshall go? Yeah, that's that's a very good question, Mike. We'll we'll be talking to, uh, about that, but let's. Let's go ahead and bring in the prognosticator here to Red vs. Blue. We're happy to have Alex Kaganowski. Hey, guys. Long time no see. Hey, what's yeah, up, Alex? It's been a while. Where you been, buddy? Doing good. Uh, still doing the props uh, most of the year, but uh, fortunately they've been, they were uh, coming out uh, a little bit late in the week and I uh, wasn't able to, uh, to make them on Fridays, so... That's why I have to tail off a little bit. <laughs> well, well, we'll be glad to see you back when we get uh, rearing and roaring here. My, we, Alex, we were just having a conversation about the New York Giants. Let's let's wrap this up as we move into the Super Bowl and the player props here. Eli Manning, Tom Coughlin, whose team is this moving forward? Does Jacobs have a role here, or is this Eli's team? Uh, well, when you say Eli, do you mean uh, as far as uh, whether it's going to be more of a passing or a running team? Is that what you're asking? Yeah. Uh, well, Coughlin is a passing uh, coach. I mean, as far as his philosophy goes, he loves the pass. So, uh, you know, if you want to, I mean, if you want to make an argument that the coaching philosophy will, hit, will you know, go away from the passing game, uh, that's certainly not the case. So Coughlin loves the pass, but uh, I think he's also the type of guy that's going to go with what his strengths are. So if the strength, if he's able to, you know, get that offensive line back, uh, you know, next year, and I'm not sure what the issue was. I'm not sure if it was coaching. I'm not sure if it was the players getting old in the teeth. I'm not sure if it was maybe the you know they just didn't have the the will to 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 uh, you know to dominate. Um, but uh, you know, somebody needs to be fired. So you were right. Somebody yeah. needs to be fired. That team they didn't play with any heart. Right. Especially, especially on the offensive line, because I think the offensive line is really all about heart. I mean, those guys just dominated. They bowled you over last year. You saw it. Right. You did not see it this year. You just did not see it. And it was no different. There was nothing. I mean, the only thing that was different is McKenzie got hurt, I think, um, 
at at some at some point. And um, but that was it. I think that was the only I think, thing. And Jacobs was in a contract year. The year he had, he looked so good. Well, I mean, he had looked good in prior years, but never a full heavy workload like he had the year prior. I mean, that was his contract year. He got paid. Could that be part of it? Yeah, that was part of it. And I, you know, I, I hated this. I hated uh, to admit it. Uh, I hate to admit it. Uh, but I think that has has something to do with it because the way that the guy plays, it, you know, it's all about passion. It's all about fire. You know, just blowing yeah. up people up. And you know he got paid, and, and in the back of his mind, I'm not saying he's a dog, but I think somewhere in the back of his mind, uh, you know, he may have said to himself, well, you know, you know, I got what I, you know, what I needed to get, so I could kind of, you know, let up just a little, and it, that yeah, that little, and, and you can't do that. Yeah. So. Well, Mike yeah. uh, and, and and Alex, we're gonna we're gonna get right to the player props here for a second. I, I have one that I want to bring up to you, Alex, and get your thoughts before you. Before you give our listeners uh, at Red vs. Blue the uh, the props that you're looking at, the Super Bowl MVP is one that I always like to look at. Um, this year, obviously, the, the resounding favorite is Peyton Manning at five to eleven, Breeze at seven to two. Then you have Reggie Wayne nine to one, Marquez Colston twelve to one, uh, Reggie Bush fifteen to one, Garcon at eighteen to one, and Collie at twenty five to one. Do any of those names uh, look like value to you? Uh, I look at at the super, uh, the MVP uh, uh, trophy like this. It, none of the none of the wide receivers can possibly win it because of the mm-hmm. two extremely high profile quarterbacks. And when I say wide receivers, I'm, I include the tight end. I include Dallas Clark there as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm le- unless you know, unless he has some sort of Free a, sick, yeah, unless he has some sort of a sick game. So I would eliminate all wide receivers altogether. I would look at the two running backs, you know, possibly Bush. Well, when I say two, I mean Pia Thomas and Adai. I would look at Bush, and I would, and I, you know, if you want to take a long shot, I would take a shot at some of the defensive players. Uh, maybe you know they could uh, return a touchdown or something, a you know, pick six, something like that. You know, maybe a fumble recovery, and, and well, uh, in, a, in a low-scoring game. Uh, but obviously, Sharper you know, fifty little, to one. Yeah, Sharper like fifty to one. Uh, Pierre Thomas. Well, Pierre hardly yet. Well. Garrett Thomas is twelve to one, and uh, well, Garrett Hartley. Garrett Hartley would be the field fifteen to one. Damn. So uh, the field. Yeah, Joseph Adai. You said Joseph Adai. Alex, twelve to one on Joseph Adai. Twelve to one on Pierre Thomas. The other prop I want to talk about, the one that I like to play every year, that I actually hit on um, the first game of the year with um, San Antonio Holmes, and uh, when we were in Vegas, is the first touchdown score. I, I like to. I like to kind of play that. That's mm-hmm. that's always interesting. Let me read these off to you. See if any of them look like a look like a play to you. Pierre Thomas, Marquez Colston, both seven to one. Devery Henderson, Meacham, and Reggie Bush, all ten to one. Jeremy Shockey, fifteen to one. Drew Brees, forty to one. Then we have the Colts. Reggie Wayne, five to one. Dallas Clark, five to one. Adai, seven to one. Garcon and Collie, ten to one. Donald Brown. Twenty to one. Do any of those look like a nice I'll play to you? Well, since I'm a value player, I'm going to say that uh, no, because that is a pretty big sucker's bet. But uh, you yep. know, if I was going to if I was going to take any of those, I, I would probably stick with a ten to one or higher. You know, maybe a Jeremy Sharkey at fifteen to one, something like that. Well, you hey, know, something I, I was thinking about, Alex, is I was going to take uh, any of the Saints. Uh, if they get if if they get the ball first and score a touchdown, uh, 
you take any of them at seven or five to one, uh, you know, that's worth a bet on uh, about three or four players. Yeah, like I said, I, I'm, I mean, that's just, you know, if I want to have fun, I'll throw I'll throw some money on that play. I, I personally don't even know how to handicap that that bet, <laughs> to be honest with you. <laughs> okay, well, I'm a, I'm a, I might put something on uh, Peyton Manning 50 to one, maybe a little quarterback shove from the goal line or something. That might be kind of fun to root for. So, okay, well, Alex, uh, we've got 10 minutes left in the program. Let's get to your props. What are you looking at for this Super Bowl Sunday? Well, I was just telling the guys in the chat room, I, I have one play which um, I've, I've given a, couple, a few minutes of research, which, uh, which is actually unusual. Usually I, I look at a prop and I kind of know if I like it or not immediately. But this one I went ahead and I researched it a little bit, and, and I think it's it's a prop that's, that pays uh, plus 55 cents, uh, and I think it has about a 75% chance of hitting, which is, you know, if you do the, 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 the math uh, – Wow. Almost a lock. Um, and here's here's what it is. Um, it's uh, this, for the Saints to have two or more touchdowns scored by one player. Okay? Two or more touchdowns scored by one player, and it pays plus 155. So for 100 bucks, you get 155. And yeah. And here's how I handicapped this one. Uh, I mean, it was fairly easy. I uh, just kind of looked uh, looked at the... Um, uh, looked at all the box scores, and in all the games, uh, there were 14 games where the Saints scored 26 or more points. And now we're assuming that this is going to be a high-scoring game, and we're assuming right. the Saints are going to be good for 26, 27 points or more. Okay, I think everybody pretty much agrees there. So uh, out of these 14 games during the course of the year and the playoffs where the Saints scored 26 or more points, 11 of those 14 games had a player, a Saints player, scored two or more touchdowns, 11 of 14. So uh, that's basically, that's what, 80%? Uh, so 80%, you have an 80% chance uh, based on these numbers of hitting this, and you're getting plus 155. I love it. Huh. Very interesting. I love it. Very interesting, yeah, and, Alex. And you're always, you're, you always think that if there's an ex- somebody to exploit on either side of the ball, Peyton or Breeze is going to find out how to exploit them continually throughout the game. It might be Dave Thomas over the middle. That, wow, this is going to happen. Well, Breeze is going to find a way to get it to Dave Thomas. Or if it's uh, Colson right. on, a, on a Colts cornerback. Or maybe it's Austin Colley, Garcon. Peyton gets, takes what you give him. So that's a, that, that seems so favorable, you know, plus 155 for, for that. Two or more but scores. I really like that one. It, yeah. Well, it kind of makes sense, Scott, because, uh, you know, two weeks ago when uh, Indianapolis, I mean, they were going nuts on Garcon, Garcon, Garcon. And uh, remember back in the day, uh, a couple years ago when uh, Drew Brees, it wasn't that long ago, it was Lance Moore, Lance Moore, Lance Moore. You get locked in on somebody, you're locked in, they know what's going on, and the quarterback knows what's going on, and everybody else knows what's going on. So, <laughs> you know, it, it, comes a fun situation, so uh, I can I'll see that, you, Alex. I'll give you the guys. Uh, I'll give you the guys that scored two touchdowns in in the eleven of those fourteen games that I'm talking about, uh, starting from uh, last uh, the last game they played uh, back down back down to to game one. Uh, Pierre Thomas, Bush, Bush, Meacham, Bell, Bush, Pierre Thomas, Breeze. He ran two in that game. Huh. Uh, Pierre Thomas, huh. Colston, and Shockey. So. It wasn't just a couple of players. 
that you know score often in that game. I mean, th- this is not a team that has an LT or you know Sean Alexander or something like right. that. I mean, they just uh, uh, you know he could just lock in on anyone any particular week. Well, you get, well, you get locked in on a, a, an individual and a in a matchup. Uh, a well, matchup. That's that's what we're talking about, pretty much. I yeah. think the actual way to do. I think the actual way to handicap that one, Alex, would be to say how many times has that happened on the Indianapolis Colts? Do the opposite. Uh, have not done that. Have not done that. Yeah, that. I, quite honestly, I'm not sure. No, I think it's, it's an interesting point you bring up. I'm not sure. You know how. Um, I'm not sure how that's really going to help. I mean, you could kind of say that. Yeah, you know, they don't give up more than one touchdown to the same to the same uh, uh, offense. I mean, to the same offensive player. And you could kind of say, you know, I mean, if that's the case, you know, if you, if let's say only, you know, a couple, of, it happened a couple of times, I mean, you could make a case against it. But, you know, if it happened on, you know, an average amount of times, that it really is kind of a moot point, you know. Okay, let's move on. You have another one for us before before the end of the show? I got a few. I got a, a, okay. a, a fun one for you. Uh, uh, Shockey plus 280 to score a touchdown, I thought was pretty good. Um, uh, speaking yeah. Of Shockey. Uh, usually, you know, like uh, for a player to score a touchdown, it's usually like plus 180, plus 200, plus 220. I thought for a guy like Shockey, who is a red zone target, to, to be plus 280 is pretty good value. Um, I got a, a pretty interesting one for those of you that kind of like the action. And if you look at uh, sportsbook.com, by the way, it, it had the best odds on this one. Uh, if you look at Breeze, uh, Breeze to score to – to throw a touchdown in the first quarter, uh, he's got it uh, at plus 190. And for Peyton to score a touchdown in the first quarter, a passing touchdown, is plus 165. Now, if you bet both of these plays, so now you're getting one na- plus 190 on one and plus 165 on the other. So now all you need is one of these two players to score a touchdown, to, to pass a touchdown in the first quarter, and you've made yourself money. And I think the odds of that you know, are pretty good. Now, of course, the downside is that if neither one of those pass for yeah. touchdowns, you lose all the players. <laughs> but, you know, obviously there's downside, downside to all gambling. But I thought this was like a pretty fun bet. I think it's a pretty, it has a pretty good high, high chance of, uh, of hitting at least one and possibly both. And if you hit both, by the way, I mean, then you're, I mean, you're rocking and rolling then. Yeah. Yeah, it's not, it's, not a, it's not a big one unless they both score, but going back to that Shockey one, that's why New Orleans brought him here, is to make a big play in a big game, and, and obviously Shockey enjoys the spotlight, and you can see Drew Brees trying to go for Jeremy Shockey to get the momentum going, because he's one of those type of playmakers that can really get the team, the, you know, the momentum to swing, and so, you know, I like this little prop here that's uh, over-under on Archie Manning, uh, Archie Manning appearances during the Super Bowl, four and a half over-under on Archie Manning appearances. I mean, they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna show this guy up in the stands quite a bit, right, or in the box. He's probably going to be sitting there with Eli or something. He has ties in New Orleans. He's got Peyton as his, you know, as his son. Over, under four and a half, I, I kind of like the over. I, I, saw, I saw it at four somewhere, and, uh, you know, I hate that half. Uh, that hook. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think it's four and a four somewhere. I would, I would take the over on a four. Uh, I agree with you. Because think about it, towards the end of the game, if the Colts are winning, and think think about how many times they just, they might just show him four times in like the last five minutes of the game, you know. Yeah, in the last drive. Yeah. Yeah, the last drive, you know, zooming in from him, you know, to Peyton and stuff like that. Hey, I got another one for you that, that's kind of cool. If you got a minute. Um, yeah. 
Uh, oh, uh, time of possession. I mean, I have no idea how to handicap this, but <laughs> this just caught my eye. Colts. All right, time of possession, Colts minus one and a half minutes plus 155. Like, I was like, you know, it's very strange. I mean, you, you know, the one and a half minutes doesn't seem like a lot to lay, but then you're getting plus 155. So I, I found that to be an interesting prop. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if, if there's value in it or not. Maybe it should. I'm, I'm reminded of the Miami game where the Colts didn't hold the ball very long at all. This was that's the type of game that the Colts they score so fast, man. I, I don't know if I, I like that one, man. This has been such a good show. We we, we needed to bring you on earlier. Uh, we've only got 15 seconds left, Alex. Thanks so much for joining us, Mike. Thanks, Alex. 27-24 Saints. Saints are going to win this Super Bowl. You've been listening to Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. With your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Please join us next time. Hi, this is Greg Kellogg. You know the routine. It's Friday night. You're looking over your lineup. It's either Lavernius Coles versus the Browns or Lance Moore versus the Falcons. I'm a serious fantasy player, and regular fantasy advice just won't do. I need to know, without a doubt, that the fantasy advice I'm getting makes sense. That's why I listen to Red vs. Blue Fantasy Sports Radio. Catch Scott Atkins in the Red vs. Blue Crew chat room every Friday night at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for those difficult-to-make lineup decisions. I'll be there. Will you? Mike, you still with me, buddy? We're out. Red vs. Blue. Have a good Super Bowl. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.